As a listener of the Shift Your Consciousness podcast presented by Marcus White and Jordan Briggs, we would like you to understand that this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not medical advice. Any changes to your supplementation, nutrition or lifestyle should only be done after consulting with a medical professional. Welcome to the Shift Your Consciousness podcast. My name is Marcus White. And my name is Jordan Briggs. We help people overcome a range of chronic and acute health issues and empower people to live a healthy, fulfilling life. Our mission in this podcast is to bring oppressed and current relevant information from all realms of health that you most likely don't know to empower new possibilities in your health journey. We want to help free your mind of the indoctrination of the mainstream medical system, media and societal dogma that disempowers your ability to heal, grow and live a connected life. If you're someone who is feeling trapped in your journey, not getting answers, but also equally fascinated in learning how to address the root cause to your health issues and is also open-minded to all mediums of health, this podcast is for you. So come join us to shift your consciousness. We are now. All right. Welcome, everyone, to the podcast. My name is Jordan Briggs, and I'm here with Marcus. Um, today's podcast- I think they know our names now, don't they? Oh, they should, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, th- Today's podcast was, uh, we, we were kind of a little bit lost this morning. Like, what are we going to talk about? But I, I had a kind of thing come through and I'm like, you know, what do people really want in life? And I thought that'd be a good thing to speak into because as holistic health coaches- we really focus on those realms, don't we? Like we don't just focus on, you know, gut health and nutrition and all those things and, you know, just optimizing physiology, but we look at the the mind and emotional aspects as well and, and how that, you know, interplays even biochemistry and mm. and just kind of looking at all those facets within the, the, the human, you know, body, but then also the human experience as well and life and all those things. So um, it's an interesting one because I know for you, like happiness is something that came up, but... Mm. You know, kind of looking at, I guess, what fuels happiness as well, and and all those things. But yeah, what 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 do you think else comes to mind for you in terms of really, really what people want? Yeah, well, like the happiness thing. Like when I think of it, like the, I think that's what people want, but I don't think they quite understand what it looks like. So, like, mm. or happiness or peace. You know what I mean? Feeling mm. at peace. That's yeah. that's something that I think um, people want to want. But I think there's a mixed up. Um, expectation so they a lot of people think excitement is happiness yeah does that make sense so i heard a really good quote a long time ago and there's a few different ones that are just coming to my mind like one was like um you know peace isn't like you know when you go to a nightclub or a music festival and you're you know you're having the day of your life that's excitement yes that's not how you live your life every single day but people like create this expectation that that's that's how it should be day in day out so they somewhat lack gratitude for the for the I don't like to say the mundane. Yeah, well, it is the mundane. They're not grateful for the everyday things. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then what ends up happening is um, obviously there's more to this. I'm just talking, um, mm, yeah. but like they're not at peace with um, with their own lives day to day. So they're always hunting for more, more, mm-hmm. more, 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 and it becomes like an unsatisfying um, trip because you're not enjoying the journey. Yeah. Um, the other one I heard was Jordan Peterson. Like your 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 life isn't margaritas on a beach. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like so, again, that sort of comes back to that. Everyone like wants excitement. Like they're mm. always looking for excitement. But um, yeah, it's interesting you say that. That's a good one because 
like I think it's Stutz. Um, he's like a psychologist. Uh, maybe I've butchered that, but that's Jonah Hill's yeah, psychologist. And yeah. he was talking about, he really simplified the human experience. I thought it was really great. And also like the human mind. Um, but he, he spoke a lot about like how so many humans, you know, are always avoiding discomfort and hard work and those things. And that's really part of the human experience. And, you know, we live in this kind of like technological age now where like the grass is green on the other side. We're trying to keep up with the Kardashians mm-hmm. and have all the nice things or we see all the people having all the nice experiences and going to the nice parties or the awesome festivals like Tomorrowland or something. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you know, I want to be doing that. I want to be doing that. And life's shit right now. Uh. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, they they really struggle to, to kind of see what's really there. 100%. Yeah. And I honestly believe that it comes down to gratitude. Oh, yeah. not, not not all of it, sorry. It's a big part of it though, like it's, a huge it's part one of layer. it. You heard of Wayne Dyer before? Yeah, I love Wayne Dyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I remember I watched Wayne Dyer years ago and he talked about, he's like every time you put your feet off the bed when you wake up in the morning, yeah. say thank you. Like yeah. be, be grateful for the fact that you are going to get up today. Yeah, now yeah. what ends up happening is – is when you become so grateful for the little things, like that you can sit here in a moment mm. and be like, oh, fuck, I, I love right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll have it with Leo a lot. Like Leo yeah. will do something and I'll be like, fuck, like, I love that boy. Like, And he just brings so much joy just in one little moment. But like I'm able to – I've practiced it a lot where I can be sitting down and I can just look up and go – God, I'm like the sun, the sun on my skin is just so amazing right now. So mm. I like in a way I get that sort of um, excitement just with the mundane every single day. Yeah. Yeah. The small things, right? Yeah. Which are actually the big things. And especially when you become a parent, you start to go, fuck, like, you know, there was all these big things I was looking for in my life. Like, yeah, Tomorrowland or like all these things. Yeah. <laughs> Multi-million dollar uh, business. Like, yeah. Yeah, all that. And, you know, but then like when you have a kid and – you just those those moments where they smile and giggle at you, or you have those kind of engaging moments, those connected moments. Yeah. Um, that's where you know that that joy comes through, which is probably a good segue. But um, yeah, there's there's a there's an interesting thing I think that comes through with what you were saying before, and I've you know I've I've listened to a lot of Joe Dispenza's work, and he talks about the you know the ninety five percent of the thoughts we think that are just constantly on replay, time mm. after time after time. And I think that opens up an interesting discussion because, like, I feel so many people are just exposed to constant negativity. 100%. Constant, um, you know, pessimistic outlooks. And their conditioning from the minute they're born is just either fear or it's, you know, just, you know, maybe even just really, like, you know, conditioning yourself to really have a poor relationship with yourself. Um all those things like could be as simple as your mum or your dad looking in the mirror each day just looking at all the parts of their body that isn't right or <laughs> you know what I mean or it could be even as simple as the the outlooks they have on the world and what could be going to happen what's going to happen next and if you don't do this and that <laughs> like it's and it's and it's indoctrinated um so I think for a for a lot of and I think that's really what the mind is built to do and and, you know, compassion is due to a lot of people because they've gone through some shit probably in their life to maybe see the world that way. But the mind is really just there to protect us. It's really a big part of it anyway. Um, and so and so I think a lot of people get stuck in that and they're always looking for the next thing that's going to happen next. And that's really what the mind will do. It will forecast and really 
repeat those past experiences or those past perceptions and ways they see the world and they're just forecasting constantly to protect themselves and i think i think that really takes away from the human experience people can't really live and thrive because they're not in that present moment of Mm. actually being able to experience what is there versus kind of looking at what might happen what's going to happen and it creates suffering constant people are stuck in that suffering of just fear or negativity or you know whatever it is or even anxiety like um yeah looking looking too far ahead like we just talked about moments like before like you know like moments with your kids Mm. now there's also moments where i'm distracted and i miss those moments because Mm. i'm thinking about i'm too far thinking about the future and what i need to achieve in the future that i that i don't enjoy those moments yeah i mean i miss a lot of them yeah and then there's people who miss all of them yes you know what i mean and and what they're probably not realizing a lot of time is like they're 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 trying to achieve like the the um what you would say keeping up with the joneses or um you know what instagram tells them is successful and they're missing all the roses they're not smelling the roses right in front of them and they get they get to their their big moment they're like why am i still miserable yeah because you you miss you miss the whole journey you know what i mean you missed it all while you were you Mm. while you were too busy um you know fighting for the future and too far in your head yeah yeah so it's lack and scarcity sort of mindsets i guess you know trying to acquire more and never feeling think like things are ever enough and that void mm. it's interesting like a lot of the, a lot of this you know this is like my jam i love to help people kind of unravel this with themselves because a lot of it does start in childhood a lot of it does start in in their in their experience of the traumas they go through where their disconnects are and what they don't feel like that essentially you know, a lot of a lot of adults are hurt children and adults' bodies and mm. really what they're trying to do is make up for the things they didn't receive in their childhood. It's yeah. really what, what happens. Um, and, and you know, it, it can keep you in that constant chase. It can always feel like, you know, and especially with things like abandonment wounding, which is essentially just not having your needs met, you know, where you have to felt like you have to work for your love. It wasn't, you know, it was love. Love was wasn't condition. Uh, was was conditional. Your emotions weren't weren't ever welcome. All those certain things. They're the core needs for a child that need to be met. And a lot of a lot of people, when that stuff isn't met, um, they form dependence patterns. And those dependence patterns are really, I call it like sucking on the metaphorical nipple. Yeah, <laughs> I like right? that. yeah where they where they where they look for things that represent that self-soothing or that mm. that nurturing or that connection and that couldn't be that can be anything that could be that could be chocolate at night it could be a glass of wine it could be it could be porn it could be drugs on weekends it could even be anxious attachment styles and relationships mm. and depending on your partner to, to show up in a certain way for you and you struggle with it co-independence it could be as simple as being addicted to your work constantly like mm. I mean, the list goes on, but really what I notice in people that struggle with this happiness thing is that they are stuck in a, in a child part of their self and they're struggling to take charge of their self. Mm. And co-independence is really about taking charge of yourself, not yeah. relying on things around you to try and make you happy. Yeah, for sure. That it's found with, within you, but also even to, like, to fulfill your own needs as well. Um, recognizing that things aren't just going to show up and save you. Yeah, you know you got to be there for yourself. Yeah, and that's part of becoming an adult. And yep. a lot of people struggle with being an adult. Mm. And I think that's because yeah, all these things that were maybe lost, and they, they they haven't got the tools or the understanding or the awareness 
and they're just running around on autopilot, you know. Awareness is the big one. Yeah. You know what I mean? When mm. um, And like, like what you said, when you're working with people and you bring awareness to it, yeah, it, it, light bulb moments tick off, you know what I mean? And that, like a lot of the time that's what people need is they just need awareness because mm. some people don't understand their trauma or, or their conditioning or mm. how a certain behaviours that their parents might have um, – done with them, how they can affect them as, a, as an adult and affect their behavioural patterns. Mm. And it's so foreign to them and then when you bring it to light, it's like it's it's almost like a um, – it's happened to me before where it's 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 all like, oh, what's how am I trying to explain this? It's like someone takes their handcuffs off. You know what I mean? It's like, whoa, you know, that's, that's mm. released something in me now and I, you know, yeah. to have that understanding takes away a wall so I can move forward. You know, mm. and that's that's why that that sort of stuff's so important. And when mm. we go into, you know, some of those patterns, like you said, they create like the some some of the patterns that it moves into, like those um, attachments might be to chocolate or wine or drugs or alcohol or just that then fuels even more, um, you know, uh, brain fog. Even more, um, there's no yeah. there's no clarity. Um, yeah. So what ends up happening is we're we're affecting um, neurochemistry, we're affecting gut health. So all of a sudden we're fueling that fire even more and creating um, even more of a pool of confusion mm. and um, and a lack of understanding of how to get themselves healthy and happy again. Yeah, that's that's well, that's the next the next kind of blocks that I think are so important for happiness and and overall well being, but. Before we move into that, like I've got a little bit more to say. <laughs> so, so um, <laughs> one of the one of the cool things I, I was watching, a, I listened to a podcast with um, uh, with Aubrey Marcus, um, and he was talking to um, some other guy who was quite spiritual and dialed in. <laughs> um, anyway, he was talking about um, Don Ruiz. He's the writer of the Four Agreements. Yep fucking awesome book and really like dialed in guy like uh don is he's um he's a uh, a mexican author but yeah just very yeah anyway he he did a retreat aubrey said he did a retreat with him and his experience of this man was as soon as he engaged with him it was as if he knew him for lifetimes and it, this the the eye contact and the the aura that was off this man he just said like like I didn't really, he said, I didn't really tune into the things he said um, on that retreat. Like, yes, they're awesome things, but that experience of just experiencing him and his energy, that's what I remembered. Wow. And and I thought that was interesting because this is when they started to talk about enlightenment mm. and what like enlightenment means. And um, really like this enlightenment thing, like, which I think is a bit of a Buddhist kind of like, or meditation, like kind of like pipe dream <laughs> that, you know, might not be accessible to everyone, but the way they talked about it um, and someone like him is definitely enlightened is, is the ability to be able to find an inner sanctuary in yourself and the, in the, in the ability to then cultivate that within yourself. And then it really just shines from you. Mm. Yeah, and that's what enlightenment is, like that, uh, that, that shining out of you. Yeah. Yeah, which starts from within you. Yeah. And, and actually wanting to be here in this 3D reality. Yeah. Not somewhere else. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of spiritual people that are a bit up in the clouds because they're like, you know, past life this or fucking, 
you know, that dimension, that, that alien said, you know, like, yeah. and, and they're not, they're not wanting to be here. Yeah. 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 It's the same sort of thing. It's a bit of a deflection off the, yeah. off the present again. It is. Yeah. 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 Well, you see it with people, um, like a lot of the time going to psychics and, yeah. you know, looking at past lives or, um, people who have passed rather than looking within. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's it. And, um, the way, the way though, he was saying, like, you, you, I was, I was seeing like, um, Don Maris, Don Maris, one of the two. Anyway, he, he was looking out in the sunset, having a glass of red, and um, and Aubrey just was looking at him and he just said, like, it was as if he was seeing the world for the first time every, at every moment. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and that is enlightenment. That's what he's saying. Like, that ability to just want to be here in this life. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And, and f- cherishing every single moment. Yeah. And feeling that and embodying that in your body. Yeah. And the way that then it just shines out through your heart, people feel that it's fucking powerful. And yeah. it's like the resonance of it's huge. Yeah. Like, and yeah. Oh, oh, mate, that's um, it's such an important message because even like a lot of us, we don't realize how much we externalize. You know mm. what I mean? Like we don't re- even like even I may I talk I, I feel like I've got really good at being um, grateful in the moments and stuff like that, but still I get caught up in looking for external things um, that are going to make me feel worthy or um, mm. uh, you know um, make me possibly or not make me think I feel happy, but obviously thinking that happiness is is there. You know, you yeah. still get caught up um, and. It's just what people don't realise is this is – it's constant work. You know what I mean? It's work over many years of bringing yourself back to diving within you rather than mm. – and, and being able to pull yourself up and understand when all of a sudden you're looking external to you for happiness or energy or mm. love. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's right. Like it's, it's got to be cultivated within. Embodiment is the ultimate access to this. Like. Yeah. You, you can do all the talk therapy you want. It'll give you awareness. It'll help you understand yourself and things. But until you put things into practice and you get into your body more and start to shift your energy, mm. right, is until you can really access a lot of that. Because, mm. like, seeing, seeing a therapist is great, and I highly recommend it. However, you can be very dependent on that person to fix you and to make you feel a certain way. Mm. And this is where people get locked in for the rest of their life. We, you know, seeing that doing their fortnightly or monthly session and they don't really get anywhere. It's external again. It is. Yeah. So that internal like transformation starts from getting into your emotional body, moving your emotions more, getting into your heart, learning to like, Self-love is like one thing, like like being able to generate and cultivate gratitude within you, but it's not everything. One of the 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 biggest things that I learned from one of my spiritual teachers was like self-love is a bit of a a bit of a like an never-ending kind of prophecy, like of trying to find love in your life. It's really where love is found is through connection and being and giving. Mm. And like, how good do you feel when you give something to someone, and it's like this beautiful kind of like connection connective moment that's maybe matched with a big hug you feel their heart against your heart Mm. and it's 
that's what fulfills people. Mm. Um, it's both, you know, it's, it's both that great self gratitude that, but, but that trend, that, that ability to connect, I think is, is so crucial. I'll yeah. challenge, I'll challenge this. Mm. Then do you, a lot of the time you see people not serving themselves, but trying to serve others. Oh yes. So that they can find, um, yeah, fill holes within. That's that's people pleasing and yeah, martyr yeah. mentality. Yeah. But what's the what, what the 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 issue in that though, right? Sorry. Well, the the thing that I'd highlight in that is what's their motivation behind it. Well, that's the thing, and yeah. that, and that's the hard thing to distinguish within yeah. yourself. Is that where, yeah. where are you coming from, from here? Yeah. Are you just doing this because you want to feel good about yourself? Yeah. Or do you genuinely want to do that for someone? And what I always say is, take charge of yourself first. Yeah fulfill yourself first and let the light shine from you. Mm. Like Don, the Don Ruiz guy, right? Yeah. He, he cultivates that within himself first mm. and then he gives it out. Yeah. But you know what you would, you would say like, uh, like for example, you may, let's look in your profession right, or in our profession right mm. now. How much do you love helping like other coaches? I love it. So do I. Yeah. Like, I absolutely love it. Yeah. And I there's a there's a total difference between like that right there is totally like unselfish. Like I mm. I, I I love doing that. Love um, you know, helping other coaches that have possibly uh, that are struggling and I'm sure you feel the same. Yeah. There's a difference between that and then and then obviously then trying to like that's just an example, but then giving to someone You've got to find that difference between when you're giving to someone um, just for your own selfish ways and then yeah. like that actual passion, passion for yeah. wanting to um, help people when it comes from within. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wanting to make a, a difference and, and that, that kind of, you know, mission and vision, which is a big part of what I'm, I'm about, which I'm sure you are too. But mm. like, yeah, you like another one of my spiritual teachers always say, you first – Family second, work third. <laughs> and and I think, okay, well, family is giving, work's giving for me. If I can give to myself and take charge of me and and really cultivate, I guess, keep it really simple, like the better version of myself, reconnect with that higher self as much as I can, you know, take care of my body, take care of me, well, then I'm going to be able to show up in a much more embodied way that is going to make a real difference. And, for sure you know so and at the same time i get to experience the fruits of life as well and and teach others how to do that within themselves Can, that's you made up just brought up a really good point that um i just thought of that um you know a lot of people will sacrifice themselves or they'll use that word like mm. I'll, I'll sacrifice myself for my family yeah you know what i mean where um it's it's not right. You're hiding. You're hiding from doing the work on yourself. Yes. Um, by putting other things like so, you'll hear sometimes. And don't get me wrong. I don't want to step on any toes here. But a lot of mm. mo- like a lot of mothers, they have they do have it hard. But then there's mm. some, and fathers come into this as well, where they'll stop looking after themselves and say, "I just do it for my family." Mm. Yeah. Uh, or I'm just doing. You know, I'm sacrificing for my family. But in sacrificing you. You are sacrificing your family because yes. with without a steady mother and without a steady father and a healthy father and a healthy mother, the family's suffering. Exactly. So 
that like Jordan's point there is like, and you know, for you and Evelyn, I'm sure mm. you both need to work on yourself all the time first oh. so that you can better show up for each other mm. and better show up for Mila. Oh, 100%. Mm. Yeah, and that's always a work in progress. It never stops. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's funny you say that because it's like those, it's, it's, a, it's really a, a codependence pattern. Like when you have those things, it's trauma bonding. Like when, you, when you're a martyr and you go over and beyond for everyone else and you sacrifice your needs for the good of others, really what that is is really what you're trying to do is save yourself because you're fearing abandonment, you're fearing people are going to leave you and mm. whatever else. And what that does is it actually teaches people to be dependent on you too. Mm. So not only don't you trust yourself, but you're teaching people to not trust in themselves and yeah. to need you. Yeah. And that's, that's a big difference to giving from the heart and the body's way. Yeah. Because that giving is really like what I like to teach people is how to take charge of themselves. Yeah. How to be co-independent in themselves, but be in connection at the same time and keep their heart open to receiving. Mm. Big difference to teaching people to be dependent on things <laughs> and others, you know? Yeah. So it's a, I think that's where people can distinguish things. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, I want to dive into this a little bit more into like, I think about, we sort of talked about it a little bit on a topic um, in like the calories in, calories out um, podcast. Oh, yeah. Where um, we come back to like ex- like those external and depending on certain things for them to feel like wholesome. And like some of that can be like, even though they can be healthy, they can be unhealthy, like training. You know what mm. I mean? Like they externalize into their body, you know, their yeah. physical body. And, um, you know, unless they um, look a certain way, mm. then they they don't find any sort of internal peace. Yeah, Does that makes sense. Yeah. Um, we could put that into. I'm just trying to think of other healthy habits. You know, like so, you, you would, so called so-called healthy, healthy yeah, habits unquote, that aren't yeah. actually healthy habits. You know, yeah, it could be hard, like hard training, like you know, hit training constantly. Um, yeah. Things like where you know you're not mm. you're not actually F- a, fasting. Yeah, good one. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> not eating <laughs> yeah yeah but just not eating but not that fasting you know isn't it's obviously really good when used at the right time but i think it's a bit of a a reason mm. oh, it's healthy for me but really underneath that i want to lose weight yeah i yeah. want to look better yeah you know exactly yeah. yeah and um yeah and it's just again yeah it's it's coming back to that ex- externalization it's yeah. not, again we're looking outside of the internal to try and find something that the, there's all the answer is always within. You will never like if you're a bit lost and you're always thinking, oh, you know, happiness is on the other end of that handbag I'm about to buy. Yeah, or, heard, this, be, or this better body, or yeah, yeah. I heard Alex Hormo, you know, Alex Hormozzi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. I was just listening to a podcast with him, and he was just saying like he had all these goals. Yeah. And he had massive goals and he, he re, like he kept getting to them and then being like unsatisfied. Yeah. And he was like, he just realized that, you know, the only thing he loves is the journey. Yeah. So yeah he yeah. just loves the journey of life. And he was yeah. like, well, if I love the journey of life, then I'm just going to make my goals so extraordinary that I never get to them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's true, yeah. I, I can relate to that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can, I can enjoy the process and little, like little wins along the way, but like, yeah, I just love this doing things yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? like yeah yeah i i've learned to building and doing things yeah. i've gone through 
tough experiences. Like I've I've been conditioned with that scarcity mindset. Yeah, I'm still working through it. Like I've yeah. still got the, the the little guy in my head telling me I can't or yeah. um, this isn't the right decision. And I've constantly got to work on it and visualize and do manifestation. I just said to Bell the other day, I'm like, right, we're going to do a new manifestation now. We're going to like all yeah. this different stuff that I want to try and do daily because I'm so conditioned into the into the negative. Um, mm. Uh, far out, I just forgot where I was going with that. I had a little bit of a mind blank. Yeah, scarcity is a good one though because scarcity is something that cripples a lot of people because there's a quite a crippling kind of feeling state because for people that don't know what scarcity means is when you don't feel like you've got enough of things. Mm. Um, so scarcity is interesting because it really probably dates back to when, you know, war-stricken war times and mm. then it's very generational sort of trauma. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when money was scarce, like all the things were scarce, food maybe like, but what we have to realize we, yes, maybe, you know, inflation and things might be a bit tough for some families at the moment, but we don't really live in war stricken times anymore. And I think for most of us, we really look back when we have maybe had some financial challenge at times that we've always been able to get through it Yeah, unless we are, you know, self-sabotaging big time and that's un- unintentional usually for people anyway but they might be sitting on the poking machine or you know doing drugs or whatever like that's you, you're probably you're pretty doomed when you do that but yeah. like but like you know um a lot of the time the things that we 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 were scared about are just really the things that are from the past in which we're being conditioned into the belief systems right so it's interesting because yes yeah, scarcity um i think with money is a big one scarcity maybe with not having enough things in your life to feel like you're doing well. Scared of what people are going to think, think of you. you yeah. yeah. You know, people are going to tell you that you people tell you things aren't going to work and you don't want to prove them right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That's, it's definitely, definitely been a big one in my life. But what I've tended to find is that the, although the hardest, the best parts of my life have been at those moments where I'm at my most fearful. So I've had times where I'm I've like been put on my ass and they have like what I've realized now is oh wait there's beauty coming from this you know what I mean so mm. like now I'm able to welcome the hard times or the the times of self doubt or where things are going hard because I know that that's where I'm going to be the best out of myself and that's where my growth is yes your growth like personally is never going to be when things are going all good that's right you know what i mean the, it's the squeezing times the contracting times in your life exactly yeah. right which we get, you know you look at a muscle like you know you contract it opens up more yeah you know what i mean so that's that's generally what's happened in my life and i've been able to find this really like i, I think about really stressful times years ago i would have been an absolute mess mm. where now like you could ask my wife about this like certain things pop up now and she's like I just didn't expect you to react like that. I, I didn't expect you to be so calm. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm just like I, I've, I've, I welcome those sort of times now, you know what Ooh. I mean? Because I'm like, you know, this is, um, like I said, this is where the growth is going to happen and this is going to take me to that next level. And I know yeah. that I'm going to look back on this moment and go, thank God that happened. Fuck yeah. That's how I look back at all heartbreak now. Yeah. I've had plenty of times where my heart's been broken and then I look back on how hard that was for me at the time mm. and now I look back at it fondly like, oh, yeah. yeah. That that growth that I got from that is why I'm in such a successful marriage now yes. and why I'm so connected to my wife. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah. Love that. It's interesting. I relate to that a lot like around the kind of the big pivotal moments in my life where maybe I've 
been a bit scared, like trend, like transitional kind of times in my life where it may have been like moving up here to Queensland or, and then like leaving my business behind in Melbourne and like those things. I wouldn't say they're like the biggest pivotal moments of my life, but, no, they, they, but they, it's they, just with scarcity, right? Like that thing of just like freak out. But in those times, like those have been the biggest lily pads of my life mm. when I've been, when I've put myself in that position of like, fuck, fuck, like we're really doing this. Oh my God, fuck. And then like, you kind of just move through it and it opens up these new possibilities and you're like, Oh, whew. Oh yeah. All right. This is what I, that was, this is the universe's intention. And lucky I followed my heart here and now we're here and we're good. Yeah. <laughs> like we got through that and fuck now look what's happening. Now look what's opening up. Whoa. Now look what I'm receiving. Holy shit. All these new possibilities, opportunities, new relationships, new connections, you you know works kind of freaking excelling like yeah. all these things so i think tony robbins mm. i think he quoted he said if you generally put a if you put a human being in the position where they're either going to survive or they're going to die they'll generally survive yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so like be putting yourself in that those are those positions like i don't want you to undercut when you change your business like it still brings up the same emotions maybe like not as intense but it doesn't matter it's still bringing up those fearful emotions no yeah. matter what that you've got to try and overcome um but yeah again you put in that position where it's like survive or die you'll find a way to survive yeah exactly yeah and you'll find out more about yourself than you ever have yep exactly and I, that's an interesting one like where could that come up i know like for me every time i've invested into myself into my health my well-being my my business, my personal development, all that stuff. Sometimes that's been a bit scary because I'm challenging those parts of me or yeah, like moving up here to the Gold Coast or, you know, maybe fronting up and having that real man to man chat with someone Mm. and fucking speaking my truth. You know what I mean? Like those things like, or going to a men, going to men's work and being able to look a man in the eye for more than a minute, you know, like you really face some things there. Like, <laughs> ooh, yeah, you know, you really start to find your balls. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it's 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 interesting. Like um, yeah, like those those testing times, and I think people want to run away from them, look for comfort, and thinking that's where happiness is. But really, really, it's learning to ride the fucking wave mm. and enjoy the wave and enjoy the wave. Yeah. Go, oh fuck! Yeah. Oh. Yeah. This is right. <laughs> yeah, because just, just surrender. <laughs> well, I think, um, yeah, like comfort is just it's it's the devil. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and like we talk about, like you know, you talk about like enlightenment and stuff like that. People think meditation is like bliss. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't find meditation to be bliss. I find meditation to be like hard work, it's like very hard, working yeah. through demons yeah. to get to to try and get to some bliss. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's uncomfortable. And that's why most people go, oh, I can't meditate because I can't I can't stop thinking. I'm like, that's the point. Your yeah. mind is going like this day in, day out. The way you show up to meditation is the way you're fucking showing up in life. It's yeah. a metaphor of life. If, mm. When you go inward, what's happening there is really what's happening on, on a macrocosmic level as well. Yeah. Hundred percent. So, so yeah, it's yeah. it's the real deal. It'll it'll tell you if you do ten minutes of meditation, it'll tell you what's going on within your body and brain every single day and yeah. how quick it's moving, how stressed it is, yeah. almost straight away. But um yeah, getting getting to my point, like I was conditioned, you know, and it comes back to and you talk about like times like war times and stuff like that. Like I've mm. been conditioned into like 
you know, you don't don't get a business, just get a steady job, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just get an income and it was just drilled into me constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just so funny that like like I was always good at good at doing what I do, like good at um in health and um wellness. And like, but my family are pushing me into this certain way, and I sort of fell into that. And then the world just pushed, spat me straight back out into this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've talked to you about, like, you know, getting into the fire brigade and getting that steady income. And then, like, COVID happened, and it was like, got to get the jab, and I'm not doing that. So then I just got kicked straight out. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I just think, like, it's just so funny, like, how, um, yeah, it was almost like meant to be in a sense. But it was because, in a way, I was looking for comfort. Yeah. yeah, and when I look back at that, even though you know I could I could get that steady income mm. for the rest of my life, and I'd be sweet, you know what I mean? No worries, you know. All I got to do is take a needle and do what I'm told, and you know, yeah. all good. But when I look back at that guy, I'm like, I never ever would have. There would have been no self development. I never would have improved. There would have been so many holes in me. As I got older, I can imagine yeah. there would have been a lot of a lot of questions that I couldn't answer because I've chosen this comfort comfortable life rather than pushing mm. myself. But I reckon there's always been a defiant part of you. Well, definitely. I think there is a lot of us health coaches a bit defiant. Yeah, you know we go against the grain a little bit. We yeah. go against the systems ways. Yeah, and there's always that part of us that just wants to challenge challenge like you know what, fuck you teacher or fuck you dad or mum. Like I'm going to fucking go do this. Yeah. And, and, um, and I think that's, that brings on a good conversation because defiant people tend to be the ones that end up finding that path for themselves a little bit more. The compliant people who, who have been more kind of taught to be a little bit more, you know, do what you're told, stick to the structure of this. Da, 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 da. They're the people that tend to be a little bit more afraid to, 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 to break that kind of like, you know, oh, my dad was a lawyer. I'll be a lawyer too. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I'd say like, I'm, I'm in the middle. In the end, I sort of complied to like my family's beliefs. Yeah. But then when I got in there, I defied what the government were telling me to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. in a sense, may, oh, maybe that brought on um, a defiant side because I, I personally wouldn't say that I'm necessarily – Defiant, like if I see something in front of me and I see information or something, I, I make a decision. I don't, I don't feel like I make a decision based on where yeah. it's come from. Like if the medical system say something, I won't be like, "Now nah, fuck you," you know what I mean? Like <laughs> <laughs> just because it's the medical system, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, but in saying that, I've like, there's one thing I definitely am not like. You know, I, I definitely won't just. Um, I won't do what I'm told just because someone's told me to do it. You know what I mean? And that's 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 the that's one of the lessons we'll teach you in this podcast is is how to critically think for yourself. Yeah, hundred percent. That's yeah. exactly right. But um, no, it's good. Should we segue into um, like we spoke a bit about the mind kind of aspects, like yeah. of of I guess happiness or fulfillment and all those things. What about? Can we just just one more thing? All right. Is what we're doing right now, I would say, and this is a big word, is purpose. And oh, purpose is huge. And we haven't we haven't sort of touched on it. Yeah, like, that's that's so important. Yeah, I, look, purpose is fucking yeah, massive. Yeah, and yeah. I, I like like you know I've got a new purpose now, and that's being a father and being the best father I can be. But some people aren't haven't got haven't got that yet, haven't got a family. Mm. But we go in like we've sort of touched on it a little bit. Sometimes when you take the cushy job. 
that gives you that it gives you the uh, income. Yeah. And not not saying you can't be an employee and be be making you know be doing your purpose. Yeah. I'm more saying like you could be working for a company that is totally aligned with you, and you're an employee of that company. You're well respected. You rock up to work every day. You love what you do. I'm all for that. Yeah. It's when you take the accountancy job just because you went to a private school and they pushed you into that. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, and you don't really love being an accountant. Yeah. yeah, and you, you don't live a – you're not living your purpose. You're just doing it because you can make a good income and you can probably pay your mortgage. Yeah. That is not going to lead a happy life even yeah. though, you know, um, you know, Instagram might tell you because you're wearing a nice suit and you get to go out for dinners and stuff like that that it's going to be good. But your every day, you're, you know, not your margaritas on the beach. <laughs> your every day is not going to be happy. Yeah. And when you live in your purpose where you you know you're living your passion day in, day out, you're um, always like developing yourself personally, you feel good every single day. You do. Yeah. Because you're focusing on you. You're yeah. in connection with you. You're taking charge of you. Mm. Um, it's in, yeah, 100% right. Purpose is, an, is a bit of an interesting one because some people get a little bit lost with this because they're like, I don't know what my thing is. What's my thing? <laughs> and it's like, it's like, man, your thing doesn't have to be a job. Yeah. You can make money and then that fuels your purpose. Maybe your purpose is to go fishing every day. I don't know. Or maybe it's maybe it's to go um, – maybe it's to sit in your shed and to repair cars and you like working on cars. Maybe it's you like traveling or you like to go work with the orangutans in Borneo. I don't know. Like – it could be anything. But if there's ever a time that you can make a profession out of anything, it's still, now. Yeah. Social media, like yeah, you, you want to fix up cars, fix up cars and put them on, show the before and after exactly. on Instagram. Someone will bloody you can monetize anything. You. you can monetize <laughs> anything. Seriously. You want to you yeah. travel? Create, create travel vlogs. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And make money. Yeah, make money. Like it's crazy. You are in the time yeah. of opportunity to do anything you want you don't you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. but like I, I agree with you like the purpose is hard like oh what what do i love doing well what do you do on every what do you do every day like when i became a personal trainer mm. i didn't want to become a personal trainer but like, yeah. <laughs> people were like mate you're obsessed with training and nutrition what yeah. like yeah you do it every day you're constantly researching it be a personal trainer i was yeah. like oh i don't think i have the patience <laughs> like, uh, I don't have the patience for people. You know what I mean? Walked that in. is one of the big things that does come up for pe- personal trainers. Like, I don't know if I can tell people what to do. I get too frustrated if they don't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. You're like, yeah. mate, let, oh, let go. You know what yeah, I mean? You, yeah. you're, you're only in control. You can only control the controllables. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, that's that's a, that's a big one is like stepping into your, like finding your purpose and your purpose is what you love doing every single day. Or if yeah. someone could said to you, what would you do every single day if money wasn't an option or wasn't mm. a thing? I think that's an Alan Watts quote. Like, what would you do? Yeah. Then go and do that. Now, that might be that, you know, you've got a job. You might be a young guy or girl right now. You've got a job and, you know, it's not what you want to do, but you get really clear on what it is you love doing every day and then you go at it. Like, mm. don't get distracted by the parties and the drugs and the dinners and all that stuff. If you can mm. stay like resist that temptation and put your extra time into creating a life that's um, that's aligned with your purpose. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we could probably talk more into that, but I reckon we could summarize the I guess the the, the mind, emotional, the life aspects um, of a human that creates and cultivates happiness and fulfillment 
So I'd say like we've covered self-connection, mm-hmm. connection with others, um, building an inner sanctuary in yourself, mm-hmm. wanting to be in your body, wanting to be in this life. Um, gratitude. Gratitude comes into that. Yeah. Getting past your suffering and realizing how you're most likely energizing that and not energizing what's really there. Yeah. And then we spoke about taking self-responsibility, not looking for people to save you. And then purpose. Yeah. Love it. Community and, and tribe. I guess that's connection though. Like that's- Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is. It is. And and you know what's really tough? Like if we go into that, I don't want to go with probably other stuff I want to talk about, mm. is that I heard- I heard it on a podcast the other day. It was actually the Alex Hormozy one. Yeah. It's like there's this really lonely point you get in self-development where you're developing into this new person and you're leaving behind the older pe- old people that aren't coming with you. Yeah, the dark night of the soul, they call it. Is that right? Oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. he ne- they never had a name for it, but like it's such an interesting thing yeah. and you've got to be willing to be on your own for a little bit mm. and I'm big on this is people having time alone. It's not to say that you're alone forever, but having time alone to find you like you find yourself. But while you're upgrading, you may not have the community because mm. your old community isn't coming with you mm. and your new community is not there yet. But once yeah. you, once you fully align with what you're doing, that mm. community will, will, will come to you. And mm. I, like I say that about people wanting to find relationships like you know women or men trying to meet each other Mm. i'm like you have to live in alignment Mm. with what you do every day you can't be getting sucked into the old stuff because you're going to keep meeting the people that you don't connect with you have to get connected with you be by yourself and i guarantee you in a few months or a year you will meet the person you were meant to meet yeah yeah i totally agree with that and um it's interesting because you might not like your old community might be you know 20 30 friends let's say but I, you know, I know that every, like even some of the old communities that I used to be involved with, I've still got maybe one or two or three friends within those communities. Mm. But what I've found is there's always been a deeper relate, relating within those relationships or, um, and to a point where, you know, I feel like sometimes people, they just want to cut everyone out of their life. Yeah. And you don't necessarily need to, if you know how to take charge of you and know how to interrelate with these people in a way that still serves you. So, for example, I think a lot of people go, oh, no, I'm going to cut everyone out of my life. Like, I can't do this, you know, whatever. But like, how about you take charge and you say, look, guys, I don't want to go out and drink. I don't want to go do drugs, but let's go out for dinner because I actually do enjoy our time together Mm. when we're not doing that shit. You know Mm. what I mean? Like, um, and that's you taking charge of you and you might actually find that inspires the fuck out of these people, people these core friends that you have in these communities and they come along for the ride with you. Yeah. And that's and that's what I've done with a lot of my friends. Hmm. We, we were all doing fucking drugs and smashing gear on weekends and like partying and clubbing and stuff like that. And, you know, that's all we spoke about until I was the one that stood up hmm. and started taking charge of me. And then I started, guys, like, let's go do some other things. All right, yeah, whatever. And then they started to get a bit of, like, they started to get ignited. Fuck, I actually feel better. Mm. And this is when I started, like, inviting, like, some of the lads over doing, like, ice baths and breath work and we'd do some harpe and stuff. And, yeah. like, and, and, um, and it was like they, they'd walk out going, fuck, I feel connected. This yeah. is amazing. You know what? I don't think I want to go out and drink tonight. Yeah. You know, and, and they've started fulfilled. So, like, sometimes, sometimes in a self love journey, we can become isolated. 
yeah very easily because we want to cut everything out of our life so there's an integration with that i feel mm. i feel like you do need to be by yourself you do need to learn to take you know get in connection with yourself do that sort of things but look at how you can integrate things a little bit there too couldn't agree more yeah, yeah. it's not about cutting and i hope yeah. i hope I, I, that's really good clarity yeah um yeah because i like yeah you, i've I'm, I'm the same as you like i've got some of my best mates who aren't aligned with me but we're aligned on a million different things but in saying like in saying that the journey i went on or i've been on on my own self-development never saw mm. me cut them out yeah at all it's not about cutting them out it's just about understanding um that you may be separating and that's fine and that yeah mm. like you said you can you can be the leader in this space and bring them with you um mm. if you like but yeah no it's not about um getting rid of anyone yeah um, now we've, like you said, we've talked about into like the the emotional side, purpose, community, those sorts of things. Um, then we want to talk into like a bit of the the biochemical side of things, the, yeah. the lifestyle and like the choices that we might make that aren't serving us on a physical level. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to go into it a little bit? Yeah. Well, we can go. We can we can speak into like like just the gen general population of most people where you know they've got low mood anxiety things like that and you know you know a lot of the core basics of like you know their diet you know their their hydration you know their 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 lifestyle you know their their gut health all those things are obviously very crucial but then we can also talk into things like mthfr pyrrole disorder mm, for more that, that one yeah for more the for more the really like like you know people that are really stuck in depression mm. like, like proper depression and proper um even like like suicidal kind of like places as well. Um, but I reckon we'll start with more the kind of, um, you know, more low mood maybe mm. and anxiety or just not feeling your best. That then kind of makes life feel a bit cloudy, a bit grey, a bit mm. like, ugh. Yeah. I just don't feel good. Yeah. And because I think one of the biggest things for people is that like, well, for all of us is what we want is energy. Mm. Like energy is life force. 100%. If you don't have energy, you fuck. Like you don't want to get out of, it's really you, you can have purpose but fuck it's really hard it's a bit of a grind even with purpose mm. if you don't have energy to show up in it so the physical body is huge i reckon we start with diet yeah diet's probably the i reckon the one of the biggest kind of blocks it yeah. is huge because how, how much do you see with people like when mm. you work with them like for me when i i Put protocol. I do protocols with people. The first thing I actually do with them is like, oh, there's lifestyle stuff I want to do, there's supplementation stuff I want to do, there's training, and then there's nutrition. But I say to them, just concentrate on the nutrition for now. That's mm. my first thing. I don't want to overwhelm you. Just want you to for this first week get used to how I want you to eat, and they report back with like just dramatic changes. You know what yeah. I mean? Like just dramatic changes just from like nutrition. like And what it can then bring, and we, I just had a client um, who's, you know, like that mental clarity that brings when you stay away from alcohol, you stay away from drugs, you mm. stay away from processed food, we start actually nourishing yourselves with the proper nutrition. All of a sudden we start to have – we like like we talk about. We drop the brain fog. We lift like we lift our energy because we're feeding ourselves mm. what they actually need to operate on a high level. Yeah, yeah. And then you bring once you bring that clarity, you get out of that little 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 slump that you're in. Mm. All of a sudden, it opens up your mind to different possibilities. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, that's where I feel. Then I go right. Oh, now let's let's look into 
some more um, behavioural or, or stress management techniques. Let's yeah. start to implement these these little things, and they're in such a they're in such a better way just by yeah. cleaning up their nutrition that they're they're able to open themselves up and accept that. Where yeah. when they're in the slump, and you say to someone, "Let's do some meditation," oh. they they hit it like oh. nah. Like yeah. there's no the attitude's horrific. Yeah, it's horrific. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you can clean up that diet and get a little bit of energy, get a little bit of spark in their life, make them feel alive, then you bring some meditation in, yeah. and it's like, and then it can take it to that next level. Yeah, because I think the thing that doesn't make people feel alive is either too much toxicity or things that are driving inflammation, mm-hmm. or not enough of something being things like. And that's where we talk in the biochemistry, like being the the the, the, the nutrients that yeah. they may need to the building blocks for things mm-hmm. like neurotransmitters. Um, so, so you know, maybe we'll talk about inflammation. Like, what what do you think are the main? Because we probably want to breeze through things a bit. What what do you think are the biggest blocks for people to reduce to reduce inflammatory load with their diet? Maybe what to start focusing on more. Oh, my first things are going to be remove any sort of seed oils. Um, this is the easiest things to do. So if we go simple, like do not cook. If you've got vegetable oil, canola oil, rapeseed oil, anything Ugh. like that in your house, <laughs> throw it out. Read anything that's in a packet. Like yeah. everything has canola oil, vegetable oil, one of them. It's in a, a and, it's, and it's hidden in so many like different names, like safflower oil, yep. rapeseed oil, fucking. Yeah. Just, yeah. Look them all up. We want to get rid of those highly yeah. inflammatory um, seed oils. Then my next one is processed sugar. Um, so, again, this can have a million different names and, and you've got mm. to understand how to read a label. So, the first thing on a label yeah. is going to have the – so, the, that actual food is going to have the most of that. So, if, But that, what they might say is they might – the first thing on a certain food might be cane sugar, 52%. And then the next thing might be high corn, high, what is it? High fructose corn Corn syrup, syrup, 10%. All of a sudden we're up to 60% sugar. Then it might have um, sucrose or some other different name for sugar. There's all these different names for sugar. And you realize that the whole thing's about 85% sugar. Mm. And you didn't really actually know that. Um, (laughs) So like they're they're two really really simple things if you took those out of your diet. And by removing those- all of a sudden you've removed all processed food. Like if you mm. if you get really serious about not eating those, all of a sudden you would not eat any processed food because they're in pretty much every processed food and all of a sudden now we're eating, you know, vegetables, gra- um, quality grains um, and meats. That's mm. that's the sim- simple and side fruit. of things. And, and fruit, fruit yeah. sorry. What did I? Yeah. yeah. So that's the simple side of things. I would then, you know, then we want to take it to that next level. It's, it's um, possibly – getting organic food, so or like mm. trying to deload, like you talked about, our toxicity levels. Now, toxicity levels come in different avenues. I'm just talking about food right now, but pest, like lowering your pesticide residue is mm. going to be huge. And just by eating the dirty dozen organic, you can look up the dirty dozen, you drop your pesticide residue in your urine by 80%. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, just by That's doing huge, that, bro. just by implementing that. That's incredible. Yeah. So these these are just simple ones. Then we can get a little bit deeper. Um, what about alcohol? Oh, Jesus! I don't I don't classify it as a food. That's I know, I, mean. I know, I know. But, but you're right. But people consume so much alcohol and they feel like shit all the time, and they wonder why. It's I'm telling you, alcohol. If you can, I've seen pictures of people 
where they've stopped just alcohol alone mm. for eight weeks and they look 10 years younger. Oh, yeah. No doubt. But, and, and that's the same thing happened to me because I, I, I stopped drinking for three years. Yeah. I, people said to me, Jordan, you look at like a different person. Yeah. You don't look the same anymore. Did you used to drink like, was it just on weekends you drink? Weekends yeah. I drink, yeah. yeah. But you drink like binge drink two nights or something like well, that. Well, when I was younger in my younger 20s, yeah, yeah, I'd party a lot. And then as I got a little bit older towards my kind of like – you know, 23, 24, it was more kind of like special occasions or every second or third weekend. Yeah. But I'd probably each weekend, I'd probably maybe still have a couple of oh, like yeah. a wine with Ev or, yeah. you know what I mean? So I was still, I was still, I was still driving inflammation and I'm telling you, like it, it, it really, it really fucks you up. Like yeah. it's not, it's, it's a poison. Yeah. 100%. I, I noticed that big time when I had Leo, I think I've told you this story that I had one drink and then the next day, like, I just had no patience. Yep. And I was like, now, if I didn't have a kid, you wouldn't notice that. You mm. know what I mean? Like, it would just be, you might, you know, you put it down to a different, you know, just a bad day or something like that. might not even be a bad day. You're just in a lower mood. Yeah. But when you've got a kid who's coming at you, wanting your attention and you can't give it, mm. I realise, ah, yeah, this is, this only one drink is hurting, is hurting yeah. me and my relationship with my son. Well, that's what's made me stop. Yeah. Because- when I'd have alcohol, then when my gut is- health issues were at its worst, and I was like exposed to mold and all this sort of stuff and really bad candida, like I would, I would have the worst hangovers and I would be depressed for like a whole week. Yeah. Chronically anxious the next day. Like I'm, t- I'm crippling anxiety. Um, now that's obviously pretty extreme, but, you know, if I really look at the times where I'm now feeling better and I've had, because I've, um, there's been a couple times now in the last uh, year or so where I've had a little bit mm. just to see how I'd respond and, um, and also just to enjoy a cocktail because I, I like a cocktail here and there. And I like a margarita. Yeah, yeah. Um, I woke up flat the next day. I didn't feel the same nah. at all. Um, and I think um, when people are doing that every single weekend or they're doing it throughout the week, you're not going to be able to experience your full true potential. Mm. And there's a bit of a cycle, and I don't know if you've seen this. Um, it's you go to work, hard day, couple of glasses of red at night, mm. wake up in the morning flat, coffee as soon as you get up, yeah, coffee in the morning. You know, it's a really bad cycle where McDonald's for breakfast. Let's <laughs> <laughs> well, get really deep and dirty there. Yeah, that's a real there. That's really unhealthy. But yeah, like I notice, like, and it's not people get in this cycle of coffee and alcohol. It's like coffee is affecting your sleep and it's bringing your mood down so you feel like shit. Mm. So you wake up in the morning dead to the world. So you're like, oh, I'm going to have to have something to pick me up. Mm-hmm. It's no different to the bloody drug, like a drug addict, like using, yeah. you know, Valium and cocaine. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. One balances out the other. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, need, yeah. I need greasy food. I need get me the greasy food. Yeah, to deal, deal with the hangover. But, yeah, yeah I, mate, I couldn't agree more. Alcohol. And it's – you know what I don't understand as well? Like we talk about like drugs and alcohol and – you know, just because it's legal, it's it's said to be okay. It's like well, there's no real difference between that and cocaine and MDMA and you know ketamine. Like, 
what's the difference? Like yeah, no, they're, they're 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 taking you away. It's taking away from reality. I'm not I'm not saying that you can't have some sort of like healthy relationship with it. But what I'm saying is is that just because it's legal and it's sold on every corner doesn't mean that it's any worse than any other drug. Absolutely, it's ridiculous. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's absolutely. I just don't. Understand. Well, I, well, I actually would go another level of that because if you look at the research with MDMA therapy, yeah. I'd actually say MDMA. <laughs> Alcohol doesn't help someone. No. I mean, it might help you in a moment of time. Well, it might be able, you might be able to put it on like a if, uh, a wound or something like that. Yeah. Pure alcohol if you were trying to, um, you know, what do you call it? Um, yeah. Antiseptic or... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kill, kill, kill bacteria yeah, yeah, yeah. on a cut or something. Yeah. But, but like if you, um, you know, you look at the research with MDMA therapy, like it's literally curing fucking PTSD. Yeah. So like, so like obviously, but if you're smashing, you know, a gram of MDMA on a weekend and having a, too much of a good time with it, it's not going to be good. No, but, but like, but yeah. Like there I is some positive. There is a bit more of a positive to it than alcohol, I feel. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But yeah, like going back to that point is just because you're having like a little bit of night, what would you think about someone who's going home and having a couple of lines of cocaine at night? You'd think they're nutcases, wouldn't yeah, you? You'd think yeah. they've got a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? But if it's a couple of drinks, yeah, they haven't got a problem. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's more socially accepted. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So I think like when you think of it like that, you go, oh, well, maybe it is, you know, something we need to look into a little bit more as an individual. Fuck, there's a bit of a rabbit hole we could be going down here with alcohol, but like it's such a social lubricant. Like mm. people just don't feel comfortable in their selves um, unless they feel like they're doing it when other people are doing it. And it's that's something that I've done the work in myself with and mm. also I've been able to connect with a lot of other people who experience the same thing. So I'm not just observing people and making a judgment here i'm like like i'm speaking for myself here and also others that have shared it with me is that like you know it's it's like it feels uncomfortable like it feels like okay if um they're drinking i'm not am i on am i not on their level like it takes the edge off a little bit so then i can settle into like the conversation and settle into the environment a little bit maybe i don't know these people so well mm. it's like yeah, a lot of people are actually dealing with social anxiety. That's what it is, and it's and we when we look at saying social anxiety, I look at it as a, a a protective mechanism that the mind gets into because there's a certain expectation of self that you feel you need to uphold to mm. feel like you won't be um, rejected or judged or not liked or mm. whatever, and so that alcohol is that way to get there. Yeah. And it's and I think um, I can really hold compassion with anyone that feels that because I've been there. Um, I've but, definitely been there. Yeah, um, but that's that's a that to me is like a leaky thing that for a lot of people, if you can empower yourself to not need alcohol, you will have a lot more authentic connections and experiences when you don't yeah. do it. And, and you also use that to cultivate um, your social life, not around it. Yeah. So much. And your health and your mood and your happiness, everything will, will expand. How do I know this? Because I've embodied it for myself <laughs> and I fucking know it. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I always say to people, because um, the only way to do this is by doing it. Yeah. You have to go and get yourself in the situation and work through it. There's no mm. easy way. You don't all of a sudden yeah. wake up and go, Oh, uh, you know, I'm not, you know, like I'm fine now being in these situations and not, you know, um, not drinking. Like I always say to my, like my clients that are struggling with this is like, 
Well, you know, it's like any other uncomfortable situation. We've got to hit it head on. Yeah. Yeah. Like where those that uncomfortable, um, where you're so uncomfortable, that is where the growth's going to happen. Mm. So what ends up happening, and this happens with a lot of my clients, I just checked in with one of my old clients yesterday. I said, how are you going? She's like, oh, it's so funny. You know how I had that meltdown to you about not drinking because she was going to work with me for a fair few months. She goes, I haven't, I've only had one drink since, since our protocol. Oh, awesome. Which, and this is what I say to clients. I'm like, you have to understand, like, because I'm just talking about a, doing our protocol. Mm. Yeah. Because you do it for a few months, mm. right? And you embody that lifestyle that you are not the same person as you were when you walked in. If you do it well mm. and you really take it on, you take on all the challenges and you go to the social events and you don't drink and, you know, you get through that anxiety and you work yourself through it to get a better, deeper understanding of yourself, you will become someone totally different. Yeah. And when you like, I'm going back to this alcohol thing. If you keep rock, if you rock up three or four times, don't drink, go home, go to bed, you will all of a sudden be, have like the inner strength and like that inner relationship with yourself where you don't care about pleasing anyone else. No, that's it. You do not give a fuck. You're not going to sit there and make an excuse why you're not drinking. Someone go, why are you drinking? Because I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't give a fuck what you say. Yeah, it's overcoming that people pleasing. <laughs> exactly that's, right. That's the key. But what my point there is, is the only way, I'm not saying the only way, but from my experience, the best way and the best way to learn it is going through it. Get, mm. Like p- getting into it, making a goal and, and, and working through it. And you might fall over every now mm. and then like and not mm. be able to do it. But you keep working at it until you actually get there. And don't punish yourself along the way. Look at it as learning opportunities. Yeah. I think a lot of people, they like, oh, I fucking drank. Fuck. You know, they wake up the next day and they're punishing themselves. They're laying in bed. Fucking hell. Did I say something fucking stupid to that person? Oh, no. What did I say? Oh, fuck. Fuck. No, that's just you. So. <laughs> and 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 it's like it's like oh fuck. And and it's like man, release yourself of that because because shaming and guilting yourself and punishing yourself doesn't get anywhere. Mm. What what you what, what you do want to have is compassion as to why you maybe did and let that be your learning experience. Yeah, I always say you've got to find this really good balance between. Mm not punishing yourself, but also asking more of yourself. Healthy dif- discipline. Yeah, yeah 100%. Dis- yeah. And it's, it's just hard to it's hard to find that um, mm. that balance. But then what you've got to do is when you it make is, a mistake, yeah. like you just said before, why did I make the mistake? What is it? What is coming up that is making me make that decision? Mm. And once you can keep diving in and understanding it, It'll come up again and you'll go, no, 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 I know, I know this. Mm. I know this situation. I've been here before. I've made this mistake. I'm not making it again. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, compassion is always a good one. It's understanding and then you and then that, that, that flows with things. But anyway, alcohol. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that went deep. Yeah. It's a big one. It is a big one. Um, so, we spoke about seed oils, sugar, alcohol. Yeah. Toxic load from um, vegetables. Let's talk. We could even talk. Potentially gluten may make people feel a bit foggy in the brain and a bit, bit lousy. And that's going to link into gut health as well. Um, yeah. Gluten definitely, mate. Like it's 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 happening more and more like with people. The more people mm. I talk to, like I had this guy talk to me the other day. He's like, I was, he goes, oh, um, he said, your post about gluten is really interesting. He goes, when I... When I eat gluten, I get spasms down my glutes and my hamstrings. Wow. I'm like, well, that sounds pretty autoimmune to me, mate. Like, yeah, that doesn't sound great. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. But, like, it's just insane. Like, I just hear it so often when people are now realizing, wow, gluten is the 
source of a lot of my symptoms. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, you know, you get the GM, GMO wheat. Yeah. Let, let, let's, let's say GMO wheat. Yeah. So I think gluten, like, I mean, if you're having, like, yeah. if, if you're, unless you're gluten sensitive or celiac, like a little bit of karasan wheat or an organic karasan wheat yeah. probably, or isn't get, or probably isn't going to be really, it's not going to be like a lot of people can tolerate that. Okay. Maybe they won't feel like they've got a lot of energy. Like it's not real energizing. I feel, feel like gluten tends to be ugh, yeah. kind of, but GMO wheat, it's three times higher in gliden. It's covered in glyphosate. Yeah. It's just fucking poison. Yeah. And that's why <laughs> that's why when you yeah. go over to Europe, a lot of the time people can eat the gluten and or the yeah. wheat and it's fine because it's not yeah. sprayed with glyphosate and it's yeah. got a higher it's got a lower gliden count because it's an ancient they're still using yeah. ancient grains that hasn't been yeah. genetically modified. Yeah. So for our viewers, oh sorry, listeners, <laughs> um, gliden is basically the protein in wheat that um, activates a peptide in the gut lining an intracellular tight junction is called zonulin and that's like a zipper and then essentially that just widens the tight junctions and opens the floodgates for things to get into your bloodstream and then that's when things are getting in that shouldn't be in your blood and that's what makes you feel like shit yeah so yeah and also just a real root cause for creating like immune dysfunction and autoimmune yeah um illnesses yeah so um yeah gluten is a big one but it also comes back to like a lot of the time if you fix your gut and heal your gut lining, you can deal with a little bit of gluten like we oh, talked yeah. about. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. um, your gut health, and you just talked about it then, like if you think about your gut lining as a protective barrier to the blood, uh, to the bloodstream, mm. and we've got, it's leaky, like I'm trying to do this in as simple terms as possible. Anything that comes through that gut lining is able to leach through into the bloodstream. Now you've got direct access. The bloodstream's like a river to, it's like a stream to every single other organ in the body. So- if you're getting high amounts of toxins coming into the bloodstream, then all of a sudden that's got the ability to overburden your liver. Mm. Then all of a sudden with lowered detox pathways, so any other toxin, like any other toxic load is going to be even worse because we can't detox. And then if we break through the blood-brain barrier, we're flooding the brain. Yeah. It's going to have, it's going to have a massive impact on um, mood, energy. Sleep. Sleep. Yep. Everything you could think of. And this is when we talk about, like I talked about, when you're in that slump and you're just mm. fucked. And yeah. this is why, you know, if we clean up clean up the new, the diet and we clean up some of the inflammation, we get you out of that slump. And then it's just step by step. We just take yeah. keep taking things to that next level, that next level. And you mm. would be surprised how many symptoms you have mm. that you didn't realize you had. That was one of the biggest yeah. things that came up for me. I never realized I had brain fog. Yeah. Until I did like a, a proper gut protocol and I went, Oh, oh, geez, the world looks a little I'm, brighter now. I'm clear, I've got clarity now. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was clear. Yeah. I, I, there's part, parts of me that probably, you know, I haven't, yeah. I haven't done a real like um, cleanup protocol since I've been playing footy, but there'd be probably part of me right now yeah. that has some sort of brain fog and I didn't realise it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can normalise just feeling like shit all the time. 100%. And people don't, people just become so adapted. It's crazy, yeah. But um, I can really relate to that because it's, it's, nuts like i remember some of the uh, my first gut protocols the same thing as well it was just like this big cloud just got lifted and you know even the colors of the trees looked a little bit brighter and like, yeah like, like it's, it's crazy oh it's insane and just the energy and just like yeah it, it just take it's yeah it that just takes pep, you to that next level that pep in your step like it's it's it's, it's you know it's so hard to do it's so hard to explain to someone who hasn't done it before yeah. how amazing it is Yes. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, stick to something for this, you know, three to six months 
GKP, like you just have no understanding of how good you can be. It's like let let's just for anyone that has felt good at the age of maybe ten or twelve. Yeah, you know, like that, like ten or twelve year old energy, like of running around. You know, life's just bright and exciting, and yeah. it's it's almost like you get back in touch with that. Hundred yeah. percent, yeah. And it's, you're exactly right because when you're ten or twelve, you don't need anything. No, you know what I mean. You it's don't need shit. You haven't got external things like. Well, for me, I didn't. You know, everything was just inside of me, and I had an imagination, and I yeah. had I had the ability to make fun out of anything, and I was just enjoying the moment. That's what you like as a kid. Yeah, and that's that's when you're healthy. When you're really healthy, that's what it's like. Yeah, it comes back. Yeah, and um. And, uh, like, you know, like, it's funny because, like, I have these moments with Mila now and it also brings it out. But I remember I've had – I have had moments of time where, you know, I was still dealing with a bit of candida overgrowth and stuff like that as a dad. And I, I wasn't being that way, like, of, like, that kind of creative fun, like, you know, making a cubby house inside with Mila and running around the house and da da I'd just be sitting there, Ugh. and then, you know – did another gut protocol and then all of a sudden came back again. Yes. And then now I'm making cubby houses, running around like, and you, it it comes back that zest. Yeah. Um, And I think um, that probably is a good segue after diet because I think we've probably covered a lot of stuff with diet there. Diet and gut, that's good. Summarizing diet, whole food diet. Get away from seed oils, um, processed sugar, um, start getting organic. Yep. Glute, uh, GMO wheat, get away from it. Alcohol, get away from it. Yeah, and and you know, opt for animal protein, rich, uh, old, uh, animal protein, proteins. Um, you know, fruits and vegetables, organic where you can, or get away from the dirty dozen. And then, um, you know, some of you gluten free whole grains are quite good. Nuts and seeds, maybe if your gut lining's all right, and then you're going to feel a lot better. Yeah. So diet, that's that's covered that. Let's maybe talk about the gut because I, I, I can't. You want to go more into the gut? Well, a little bit, yeah. Let's let's just like, fuck, man. Like when I had candida overgrowth, I was fucked. Like mm. I, I, my brain function, my energy, just my zest just wasn't there. Yeah. It was gone. My life force, maybe because of the way it was affecting my you know, transmitter production. Like Definitely. It, 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 obviously, candida really affects dopamine. Mm. It affects, ser- it does affect serotonin as well. Um. So, you know, we know that 80% of serotonin is made in the gut. Um, we know that... I thought it was 90. 90. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. It is 90. Yeah. Not that it matters. Yeah. <laughs> around that is a fucking lot. Anyway, and <laughs> and um, and I think, yeah, dopamine, a large chunk of it's in the gut as well, maybe 50%. And then you've got the nigra in the, in the brain. And so... And the brainstem. Yeah, the brain and the brainstem. Yeah. So... Um, you know, when, you, when you've got compromisation within the gut, whether it is leaky gut and you've just got an inflamed gut, you're probably going to have an inflamed brain as well. Keep it really simple. Yeah. And and so you want, don't want to be just looking at diet, but you also want to be looking at what's going on within your gut or maybe what's compromised within the gut lining. So let's maybe talk about the microbiome a little bit. We won't go that deep, but maybe we'll just talk about having too much toxin overburden. Because mm. I reckon that's what makes people feel like shit, which can come from parasites, gram-negative bacteria, candida, mold. Yeah, all these things. Yeah. So yeah, yeah like and you know we sort of just touched on it before, but the specifics around it. So candida is going to 
release a neurotoxin called acetaldehyde and you actually get acetaldehyde from alcohol or ethanol breakdown yes as well so that's um so there's a link there to how you feel when you drink alcohol in yeah. a sense and if you've got high amount of acetaldehyde exposure that's how you're gonna feel you won't break down and eliminate alcohol very well mm-hmm. and you, your hangovers are freaking cooked not at all and yeah. just yeah like it's like a microchasm of like being hung over a lot yeah a lot yeah, and, and, and even just being in yeah exactly like with candida without alcohol it is like a hangover all the yeah, time. yeah 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 you might be hydrated but you're still getting the effects of the alcohol you know of acetaldehyde yeah um so acetaldehyde like jordan said it's going to um it's going to do a fair few things. Like the dopamine one's a really big thing. We've talked about before in other podcasts about how it's going to increase anxiety. Mm. Um, now, I know that the pathway I know with acetaldehyde that it affects like the NAD, NADH recycling system, which it creates mm. more anxiety, worriness, fearfulness, those sorts of things. Yep. Um, Even just the neurological inflammation as well, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. Yeah. Just, just neurological inflammation. The mm. other thing it affects is like um, your ability to, to um, burn fat, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, in a sense, like, that's going to make you feel like shit too. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're not going to be really happy with- Well, um, men, aroma, more aromatization. Yeah. So, Less testosterone. Yeah, exactly right. So, um, and then we've got, uh, do you want to add any more on acetaldehyde? Yeah, acetaldehyde in men, for example, with will block Leydig cell function in the testes. So that'll affect your testosterone production. Mm-hmm. I mean, even just the toxin of it itself will, like any other endotoxin or biotoxin or mycotoxin or whatever, it'll also, you know, it'll it'll really drive the vagus nerve as well. So, you know, you might, you know, you might find yourself just always in a bit of a stress response, and so you know, you're gonna have real lows. Yeah. You could go into that more hypo function of of the HP axis or the or adrenal mm-hmm. adrenal function, um, which your adrenals are. They do play a role in your energy, like they they, they get you going in the morning. So mm. you're gonna have that low morning energy a lot of the time with with acetaldehyde issues. Because um, that's, that's one thing I just want to chuck out there. I'll just start quickly if people don't know. Like people just think of cortisol as the devil. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. if you've got cortisol, that's that's bad. It's like no, yeah. no, 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 no. Cortisol is absolutely essential for energy. Yeah. Like it is the the hormone that we're meant to release first thing in the morning, pretty much. To if you're the basic human, to get up and go and go and hunt. Yeah. get things right and then it's sort of sister hormone is melatonin which will raise when the sun goes down for the help yeah. you go to sleep but it's not the devil no it's not at all but it's the it, it it's a sign when we're chronically high in cortisol that's a sign that we are under chronic stress yeah and it's not it's not a um it's not a good sign and then it starts to have some sort of, it has negative impact on the body well most people don't realize they're stressed for a long time because they're in a state of a, what we call acute stress and that's just where you're freaking pumping cortisol and you actually feel elite. Yeah, exactly. You feel unbelievable. Yeah. And that's what it was like for me when I first moved, moved to Melbourne because mm. I come from the country, a bit more yeah. slower lifestyle. Yeah. Moved to Melbourne, two or three years just pumping it, working flat out, partying on weekends. I wouldn't even feel a hangover. Mm. I'd just keep going. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it caught up yeah. and then my body couldn't compensate anymore. Yeah. And then we get start going to the compensatory stages, HPX dysfunction where your body doesn't have the adaptability or the anabolic resource anymore to deal with those stresses. And then when you just kind of, oh, fuck, I don't know what to do. Or you just keep pushing through it a bit. Yeah. And then you, boom, gone, yeah. exhaustion. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. now you can't get out of bed. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. That's what, yeah, exactly right. And that's what, 
people would call adrenal fatigue. Yeah. Yeah, where like you're at, like, you know, chronically fatigued, can't get up in the morning, um, those sorts of things because your body's pretty much said, I can't keep up with this stress. Mm. I cannot keep up with this. So I'm just gonna down I'm just gonna down regulate these hormones because I can't keep producing them. Mm. Um and then of course you feel the effects. The effects are you're absolutely cooked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you'll know you'll know when you're running on on, on cortisol a little bit. You, you you'll be on the go constantly never slowing down and you some people love being in that's quite an arousal addiction um for sure and so just be aware of that because it'll you know it'll catch up but um it's funny i just i had a i had a guy reach out to me the other day um he's actually an old friend of mine and he said (laughs) he said do you know what's going on if i just feel absolutely exhausted in the morning and i can't get out of bed and then i said i I do and then like but i look at his lifestyle he's like pretty mad like um you know corporate worker yeah and then he's run i've seen him run an iron man and stuff like that i'm yeah, like full yang yeah i'm just like mate yeah. i'm like i know what's going on with you and then i'm like yeah. let's get some blood work done well, you know and he's like and i was telling him i wanted him to have a few days off training to do the blood work he goes yeah. I'm like, have you done the bloods, man? He goes, oh, no, nah, I just didn't want to have any days off training. I was oh. like, well, you need to start questioning. We, seen us, we need to start questioning that relationship with your training because you need to be able to have time off. Your body needs it badly. Yeah, we'll re- we already know where the work's going to go on this journey. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and that's uh, – so yeah. – but – um. So that's acetaldehyde. Acetaldehyde. We've obviously got LPS, which is a big one. Um, we've spoken about that a little bit before, which is from gram negative, mostly gram negative bacteria. Yeah, like H. pylori. Yep. Um, lipopolysaccharide. So, for anyone who doesn't know, so it's like a sugar and fat molecule. Let's like lipo fat saccharide um, yep. or polysaccharide sugar. Um, mm. But yeah, it's a it's an endotoxin, and you know we've said this before. It's linked to everything. Um, Every so it, disease or dysfunction you can think of. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. Yeah, so like drives up pro, pro-inflammatory protein, so like highly inflammatory. Um, that's why it's got such a big link to like um, joint pain, arthritis, those sorts of things. Um, so uh, it's definitely worth looking into. It's got links to um, hormonal dysfunction, so big links to like PCOS and endometriosis. Um but um, I'm just trying to think where it's going from there. And then obviously we'll have um, links to depression as well. Hippocampal shrinkage. I yep. think it breaks down the hippocampus as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. It's, all, it's obviously going to – I mean, it, with the amount of inflammation it causes within the gut, it's going to affect like neurotransmitter production. So Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think that's, a, that's a, a big one. Um, and then we've got things like mold. Hmm. Mold. One of the things I want to talk about with mold is like you can, you you could, you know, life could be pretty bloody good. <laughs> what I mean, could like it could be a line in alignment, right? But if you have a freaking moldy home, and it's and it it can send you mad. Yeah. And why why that is is because we've got a thing called glutamate that increases from mold mold a lot of the time, and glutamate is what actually is very high in people with things like schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, these type of um, mental health conditions. And um, and so there's an imbalance between GABA and glutamate. GABA is the real Zen neurotransmitter. When you when you when you meditate, you 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 um, drive GABA. When you are asleep in your deep sleep, your 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 GABA is regulating. When you 
um, you know, have a big dose of magnesium or a magnesium bath, you know, GABA is being produced. So, you know, when you, when you drink caffeine, for example, that inhibits GABA. <laughs> so, so GABA is really calming. Um, now, with, um, with glutamate, it's very excitatory. So you'll just be, and that's what you'll see with these type of people, those mental health conditions are a bit like, like they're just all over the place, right? Mm. So, um, and that creates another discussion about some of those mental health conditions as well, about like how much it actually, of it actually is just, oh man, you're just mad or-, or Glutamate homeostasis, yeah, like, like yeah. glutamate homeostasis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and how much of it could be gut related. Anyway. Just, so, I just want to, I don't want to cut you off. Just one thing to know if like you're low in GABA, you may wake up at like 3 a.m. Yeah. And you're ready to get up or you think you're ready to go. That can be a sign that GABA's low. Well, that's what low. happens with mold. Yeah, you right. Have, you, have, you, have, you have wake ups throughout the whole night. There you go. Yeah. So, so mold, mold is freaking horrific. Anyway, so if you've got a moldy home, get the hell out of it because you, you, you won't be able to do anything for your happiness and your zest, <laughs> all right, um, if you're in a moldy home. The second thing is then obviously addressing mold. And, um, and so, so you, know, um, you know, I think the other thing as well with mold too, it's not just, um, you know, obviously we want to address it within the body and whatnot, but there's another thing I do want to touch on with mold. Um, is that it affects the uh, tryptophan and serotonin melatonin pathway. Right. Forget the enzyme off the top of my head. I think it's T, uh, not TMO. Anyway, it's something. It's an and then enzyme. I think it might be TM, TMO. Is that the one? TMAO? No, it's not that one. TMO. Well, yeah, there's TMO and TMAO. Maybe it's TMO. TMA and TMAO. Might, yeah, it's an enzyme anyway. <laughs> yeah. I've got, it's a lot. Yeah, I've lot, um, I can't remember it. But anyway, it, it gets driven from mold. Yep. And what that will do is it will inhibit tryptophan absorption. Yeah. And then it will affect um, serotonin, melatonin pathways. So, yep. so you need serotonin to make melatonin. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that will also affect your mood. It will affect your sleep as well. Yep. Um, so that's another thing to be aware of with mold. Um, and like, can you go into a little, like, I don't, maybe don't need to go too deep, but like, you know, a little bit more about um, mold symptoms because you've had it. Like obviously, yeah, there's those neurological signs, but it yeah. just like will smash you like your mast cells and like bring up like histamine responses like crazy, yeah? Well, that's another one as well. Like histamine will make you feel off. Yes, like, of course. Low energy because histamine is very arousing mm. and then as that arousal comes down, you feel really ugh, and then you get all the headaches and the neurological inflammation. So mold and I mean any infection will drive up mast cells and mm. mast cells will then degranulate and release histamine. Mm. Um, but um, and then you'll you know you, you you might not break down histamine very well from food. So then you know when the small intestine has um, a lot of compromisation there where DAO is produced, the enzyme that breaks down histamine. You know you we get a lot of symptoms and reactivity to, to histamine rich foods. Maybe you got liver overburdening. Your methylation isn't working well, so histamine methyltransferases, which is another enzyme that breaks down histamine that's being affected. So your two kind of drainage points aren't working well, and then you've also got something driving up mast cells in the body. Um, now you've got a big histamine bucket, and you're going to feel just off. Like your nose might be runny. Your as we bloodshot, you have horrific brain fog. You will have headaches and maybe migraines. Um, your energy will be really shot. You might even feel a lot of anxiety at times because it's very arousing. Um, you know, digestive issues. I mean, the list goes on. You just feel really off 
and um and that you know that's really comes back to these kind of infections and um and and these kind of like yeah things that can really set nest in the gut and the things that we can be exposed to like mold yeah 100 so, percent. yeah um you got like i was just thinking and that's a really good summary like if we look into that like we've started with like what's going to make you happy now or like you know happy and content each day and we've gone through a lot of stuff that's going to help you to connect with yourself um we've then gone into nutrition which is a big one and then we've gone into like microorganisms gut health toxicity toxicity inflammation exactly and so like maybe have we spoke about nutrients maybe for like um for things like um dopamine and serotonin no not specifically we have maybe just quickly touch on that because i think we got to look at with biochemistry. It's either having too much of something like toxicity or not enough of something. Yeah. So I feel like one, one thing that I notice for a lot of people, let's just say they're on a vegan diet. Yeah. Right. And um, a vegan diet, you know, might work for one person, which is a very small population of people. <laughs> let's be honest. Um, uh then there's this other chunk of people that are, you know, maybe just eating a very like low protein diet. They're not getting enough, you know, enough of these kind of building blocks that help them actually make the neurotransmitters. Yeah. So like, for example, dopamine, the, the cofactors for dopamine are tyrosine, phenylalanine, phen- butchered that, phenylalanine. Phenylalanine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, zinc. Yeah. Uh, and zinc is a big one. And so where do you get that from? Animal meat. Uh, meat. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to get that mostly from red meat actually and and so you know with things like serotonin the cofactors for that are tryptophan mm-hmm. b and b6 yep yeah you'll be testing me here um that's the main ones i think yep for gaba taurine glycine glycine's a big one for gaba yep yep um and then possibly b12 yep yep and then we've got acetylcholine, choline. Yeah, choline. <laughs> it's all animal proteins. Yeah, 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 100%. For your neurotransmitter production. Well, they're in abundance in animal proteins. Yeah, they're abundance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like obviously, you might you, you, you might be, uh, you know, you might, you might find in plants, but, geez, you'll uh, need to eat a lot of it and you'd uh, you'd probably need a digestive tract that can assimilate it. So Yeah, and, and this is the thing, like, I, I hate because I, hate I, you know, there's always different nutritional plans work for different people at different moments in time. But the amount of like plant-based eaters that I work with after, you know, being like, like I'll work with them and bring meat back into their life and it's like they gain their life back yeah, just they by do. eating meat. And it's yeah. just yeah. – I, ca- I can't sit here and be like, oh, yeah, no, nah, like that's not happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know, And we just talked about how you don't know when you've got like these symptoms. I believe that a lot of plant-based eaters – don't actually know they have these symptoms and until yeah. they actually eat meat again and realise that, oh, my God, yeah. I've been living a sub-primal, like a sub, yeah. um, you know, oh, what's a Suboptimal. Yeah. Suboptimal. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. Suboptimal life. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's true, yeah. I think like whilst there might be a bit of denial there and also like their own fears or their own like empathic connections to animals or their belief systems with environment all those things which we won't go into today um that that you know i think can can limit people but also yeah they can normalize how they feel so so yeah like you know um you're gonna get that from animal proteins like red meat for dopamine basically white meats for serotonin Mm. all right and then things like eggs 
for acetylcholine. Yep. So, you know, even though you get choline from all of other meats as well. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's how you get it. And also GABA, glycine, you know, mm. bone broth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, so yeah. our, our protocols work. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> they, they do. So, um, so anyway, that's, that's neurotransmitters. I did want to talk about quickly like pyrrole disorder and MTHFR. That's right. Yeah. I don't, I have no idea about it. Tell me all about so, it. So, you can have people who you can do all the things with and they just don't they just they just don't get that kind of zest and that kind of joy and whilst I think a lot of these people still have a lot of emotional work to do and, and this sort of stuff, pyrole pyrole is just a, a an enzymatic issue where you struggle to uptake um, zinc and B six. Yeah, right. Yeah. So so they, they just aren't like you can eat all the animal proteins mm. or whatever, but they're just not they're just not getting it. Yeah. And they need they need mega doses of it. Far out. Yeah. So so you mega dose B six and zinc with these people, they feel like a new human. Yeah, right. Yeah. And they stop they, they their resilience gets better, they're less anxious, they because essentially they're not making serotonin well. Ha, That's ha, what they're not making. Can I quickly just ask, sorry to um butt in, ha, yeah. how do you know how do you know whether they've got um this pyrrole issue? Is there testing or have you just got to sort of pick it up? Um I'm not sure if there's testing, but you can you can just pick up a lot on the symptoms and a lot of the times actually one one thing that you will notice in blood work is that ALP will be really low. Okay. Yeah. Maybe they're um So just for people that don't know, ALP is a yeah. zinc dependent enzyme. Yeah, and may, maybe you might see like MCH. Or AST, uh, AST or ALT low. Yeah. Um B six yeah, dependent. Yes, that's right. Yeah. 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 So you'll see those B six markers. Those zinc markers out, yeah, yeah, right. I'm with you. Okay, cool. Um, and they'll have all the symptoms. They'll be they'll be most likely depressed, and they've been depressed for a long time. Yep. And they've always fallen in and out of depression. Yep. And maybe they've been suicidal, and they've tried to take their life at some point. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There right. you go. So that's good to know. So so they are yeah they and so pyrrole yeah pyrrole is something that you you want to be really aware of with these people and on top of that all the other things too like inflammation and load on the brain um and then obviously yes the emotional energetic realms and the next thing mthfr so mthfr sometimes can coincide with it a bit too as well so mthfr is a genetic polymorphism where the mthfr enzyme which basically is mostly in the liver um is involved in the um the basically the uh, uptake of uh, B9 and B12 kind of activates it and and that allows for um, neurotransmitter and there's a lot of other things that methylation are, mm. is connected to a lot of other systems and processes but big ones neurotransmitters and so this will affect things like dopamine and serotonin as well mm-hmm. um, so that one you can test um, I really love um, strat gene through ben, ben Lynch, Dr. Ben Lynch. So that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good Gen- genetics test. test. It's really cheap as well. And it's really, really thorough. You go through ancestry DNA. Yep. Um, you then get the data from that. You put it in the software and it spits it out a report for you. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that, that will pick up those ones. Um, and a lot of other things as well. Um, you know, some of the histamine genes, stuff like that as well. Remembering though, your genes aren't your destiny. Genes become messy and all over the place when your lifestyle and diet's all over the place when you're 
gut health is all over the place. Maybe you're exposed to mold, like all these other things mm. that express and make those things worse. It's just, it's just a weakness that you have essentially that you want to maybe be aware of. Yeah, yeah. but it's down the line. Yeah. Yeah, down it, the line. It is down the line. Yeah, yeah, it is down the line. So, but yeah, there are things I think for people to be aware of with the biochemistry. Love that one, mate. That last one's really, really good because there's, again, you know, it's just a thing that, you know, some people just would never, ever know. You know yeah. what I mean? And, like, they can be trying everything. And I hope other coaches listen to this and they're sitting there going, shit, like, I've, you know, I'm doing everything I know. And, like, you know, maybe I'll just try this high-dose zinc and high-dose B6 and see if it helps. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. not going to hurt. There's know? a really good supplement for any of the uh, listeners. Um, it's called pyral, pyral Zinc, I think it's called, from Metagenics. Yeah, right. All you need is about one, one to two tabs a day. If you're having a if you're having a bit of a dark day, maybe is it zinc and B six or just yeah high high dose zinc and B six? Oh, awesome! There it's, you go. it's formulated for this particular condition. Can, can you get menogenics, or has that got to be is that no, a prescription I, from a naturopath? Yeah, I, I get it through another naturopath. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So go to a naturopath, and then the yeah. naturopath can get it for you. Or if you look on the internet, there is some pe- people that dispense it. I think okay. yeah, cheeky yeah. cheeky cheeky yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, that one there is, is typically what goes really well for those people. Awesome. Um, how do you feel, mate? You feel like we've, we've, we've done a fair bit there or do you feel like you've got a little bit more? Um, there is probably more. There's got. always more. One thing that came up was, I know this is probably, <laughs> keep going, but like hobbies. Um, yeah. Oh, actually this came up before the bloody show. Yeah. Like I, like I, um. Like one of the things that was a hobby for me for so long was literally going out and partying. (laughs) Whilst there was a part of me that was maybe coping and distracting some pain, but there was a part of me that I just wanted to have fun. And, and, and so there's always been that kinky part of me that loves a high, loves like getting off, you know? And so for, for me, I've had to learn how to embrace that because shaming that and repressing it isn't going to do anything it's a part of me and and it's and it's actually a fun part of me and i fucking love that part of me and it can be embraced whether it's in sex whether it's in fucking yeah hobby like for example surfing is now my thing Mm. i get a fucking big wave and i'm just like just just absolutely frothing like woo, (laughs) like and you know you're just getting set down the line and just the adrenaline rush and it's like you know it's amazing and and i've fully invested in that recently like with with a coach to help me you know get better at it but also you know i even treated myself when i said i could stand up on a short board i'm gonna buy myself a nice custom board from from scotty james who's a fucking sick as like shaper on the gold coast and I'm going to treat myself and get a little baby that looks fucking awesome that I'm going to keep forever. <laughs> and I did it. And because you know what? Like that's an extension of me and it made me feel really good. And it's something that I get to do a few times a week that I fucking love. And I don't think about anything else. Mm. <laughs> and it's just, and it's, and it's I'm just in pure presence and joy. Love it, mate. I yeah. actually, um, I went through a similar sort of thing last year. I was just, just working and family mm. And um, I just realised that there was something out of balance. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's something that wasn't right and it was – I've still got like competitive, like a real competitive nature, you know what I mean? And I like – and that's the – I was like, I 
I, I felt like I needed some, I need to express some sort of energy, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And um, that's why, like, part of that's why I went back and started playing footy again, yeah. you know, and it and it really filled that hole for me, you yeah. know, and I, I re- yeah, it was it was amazing. It made me realize, like, okay, like, yeah, we've like, like you said, we've got to keep finding those things, those hobbies that you know fulfill us that make us like that are exciting and like we you know we have fun with it every now and then you know what i mean yeah. um because if we don't have those things of course we'll go to unhealthy habits yeah like well, that's like you said don't shame it it's part of you part of you it's gonna yeah. bubbling there it's gonna come out somewhere you yeah. just gotta be able to channel it in the right direction and i've always thought like i'm like all right i figured this out that i really just love competing so it's like i'll play mm. football while i can yeah because i love that and i love the you know the physicality of it and stuff like that and then i'll probably get into some sort of fighting yeah you know what i mean because i love it not that i want to go and get my head kicked in but just because i love competing yeah you know what I mean? physically competing exactly and if it can and this is what i like what i love about surfing is movement it's yeah. exercise like obviously exercise is one thing we haven't covered really but we won't really go into i think it's pretty self-explanatory for most of our viewers these days i think a lot of people know that exercise is good for you yeah and, and what it does but um but you know like i i i move i'm in nature i'm having fun mm. fucking perfect yeah you know what i mean like that's what i was gonna say you connected to nature like straight away with that it's awesome. yeah it's so yeah. good and and that's why i love it so much it covers all the bases but but you know um find something you know it might be it might be you know because I, f- I find not only is it just the fun the joy nature the movement but it might even just be something you get lost in a little bit yeah some people might be knitting yeah just sitting there and knitting you know <sighs> Hundred percent, mate. Right, and I feel like people would be ashamed to. Some people would be ashamed to admit that's their hobby or do that. You know what I mean? Or or something slow. You know what I mean? A lot of people wouldn't wouldn't go for things that are just slow because that's what they need. You know, whether that's um, you know artistically or um, like you said, knitting things like that. It's whatever it is, um, whatever way you express yourself. That's that's only yours. Yeah. It's only yours, no matter what that pattern is. Like you've just said, like, you know, there's that wild side that you want to express. And I'm like, I've just got this competitive streak, you know what I mean? And then others yeah. might be like, I've got this um, need to slow down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Dude. It's like people might be living this high, crazy life and they're like, and then I just go home and knit and I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> just getting off on knitting yeah well 100 especially yeah, if you live in this like crazy life it's the one thing that yeah. brings you down to be like a, yeah. it'd be like a, it'd be beautiful yeah that's it mm. fuck yeah no i think i love the part where you said express yourself mm. that's perfect yeah that's what i think the the, the the gold nugget is there for 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 the listeners love it mm. I think we've done pretty well yeah that's 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 i'm complete i think we're up to like <laughs> a, an hour and 40 Oh shit! Yeah, I was, I was looking. This I was looking at the time. I was like, "This has been really good." This is my favorite one. Yeah, yeah. So nah, it's, it's been great. It's been yeah. really good. So, um, yeah, and we'll just um keep building, mate. I'm really enjoying. It. I've learned a little bit today, which has been great. Same. Yeah. Awesome. Same here, brother. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Hopefully, you love that too, and can start to implement some of our awesome tips. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy, guys. Thanks for listening. We hope this opened your mind to new possibilities in your journey. If you want to follow on for more, please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Life Athlete Health and at Coach Jordan Briggs. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. We'll see you next time.